0: Hi, I'm Louise Triance, and in this RecTech Tech Showdown, I talk with Max Nupfer of EVA. Join us to find out all about his product and how it can really benefit your recruitment processes. I'm going to shut down. Good afternoon and welcome to the Rec Tech Showdown. Um, I am Louise Trance from UK Recruiter, um, and today I am joined by Max from Eva. This is a series of shows where I talk with technology providers about their product, their offering, and ask them some questions which will help you as a recruiter understand how you might use it in your business. I've got a sore throat today, as so if I completely lose the ability to speak, um, Max will have to ask himself the questions, but I think we'll be okay for the 30 minutes that we're talking today. So, um, Max, First of all, I'm going to put a link in the sidebar to um, your details and to your company, but um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Sure. Hi, Louise. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Max. I'm CCO at and, Uh Before getting into technology, I was in recruitment and before that, 20 years in hospitality in various roles, um, mostly operational. Uh, I am a builder and maker at heart and a part-time coder and, and a very bad one. So I don't get involved in actually coding our product, but uh, I do enjoy a challenge and solving a problem. And my main contribution is in product, uh, in designing, coming up, coming up with the ideas and turning those into things that our tech developers can actually build.
0: Okay dokie. So, um, your business has been around for a couple of years now, is that right? When did you first establish the business?
1: Um, The business has actually uh, iterated through a few different um, things. Uh, The CEO, Ben, started the original company um, with a peer-to-peer app that was using a matching algorithm to match people up with skills and um, people who had them. That evolved into a recruitment marketplace app and uh, Charlie and I joined him at the end of uh, sorry, the beginning of 2017. Okay. And it was at that point that we started the Eva project in earnest.
0: Okay,
1: so do you want to just tell us a little bit about Eva, please? Yeah, sure. So Eva is uh, basically, a, an intelligent end-to-end platform which enables recruiters to do their job in a frictionless way.
0: Okay. So. That would be making it really easy to deliver. Okay. So, can you tell me who would be your typical type of recruiter who would use this and how would they actually use it?
1: Really, anybody doing recruitment can use Eva. Um, it doesn't matter what sector, industry, or um, you know, vertical you're working in. Uh, it doesn't matter the size of your agency. Um, it doesn't even matter if you're working in house or in an agency. Uh, the platform will work for you in any of those situations. Um, so really, the the person who is using it are people in businesses that have identified that they can improve how they deliver their recruitment and who are ready and willing to make some process change to get serious productivity benefits
0: okay so what stage in the recruitment cycle are you using the product we think about the whole of the, the, the obviously if any recruiter can use it where are they using it
1: uh, it's end to end. So from the very top of the funnel right at the start from uh, identifying and, and sourcing candidates and, uh, and managing you know, volumes of applications right the way through to placement and um, triggering invoice and, uh, and bringing that back into the okay. system. So it is properly the full, full cycle.
0: Um, so I want to ask you a few more questions about that and um, maybe some of the processes that it might replace at the moment. Um, but I know that you spoke at the um, recruitment agency expo um, when I was there. Really good presentation, had a lot of engagement. Um, and I, I'm interested in knowing more broadly how you feel about the state of the recruitment industry.
1: I, I think you know, the recruitment industry is really healthy and vibrant. Um, masses of competition and you know there and it's growing and you what more can you ask for there's there's a, there's a lot of activity in the space and and really recruitment is one of those things that touches just about everyone's life because work is so important to everyone yes making a living is critical um i think what i was really trying to get, um, make a point about it the the Expo talk was about the state of the service to those recruiters. And by the service, I mean service from their technology and um, vendor yeah. providers. Um, and I think that that is a marketplace that is ripe for disruption and is actually quite broken.
0: Okay.
1: I know a lot of people talk about recruitment being broken. I'm talking about the vendors yeah. so being
0: broken. So the, the, um, what recruiters buy isn't necessarily what they really need or they're not being uh, offered what what is right for them. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Absolutely. They're not getting um, the products that they need and they're getting um, more, I think part of the problem is that uh, technology advances so rapidly and the way that recruitment happens, even uh, 20 years ago, fundamentally is not really different. So you have to respond to technology changes. Ultimately, you still have to have a conversation with the candidate. You might have had it on a landline and now have it on a mobile phone and that's changed, but you're still having that conversation. So uh, getting everyone inside of a recruitment agency and particularly the technology buyers to understand the, um, the, the force multiplying effect of really well thought through technology can be quite difficult, especially if, the vendors that they're talking to aren't bringing that up in the conversation, um, and that's where I want to change the conversation. Is you know, why are you buying seven apps to plug into one CRM when you should be able to buy one
0: platform that delivers the whole service? Uh, and why, works? why couldn't they previously? What do you think the answer is as to why they couldn't? Uh,
1: I mean, uh, maybe a cop out of an answer, but I think it's lazy vendors. Uh, and I think uh, you know they they they're protecting their margins. Um, they're not investing in their own products because they have been able to sell um, and rely on add-on people, so people who are creating apps and creating integrations and plugins to deliver innovation, where um, the core platforms have just remained stagnant. So as a as a buyer, you buy a core platform. You realise in five years' time you need to plug in. SMSing capability, and so you go to an SMS provider, someone that can, you know, bring you bulk SMSing. You plug it in. Something goes wrong, and uh, suddenly you've got two phone calls to make to fix the problem. And when you do want to do something new, the base platform doesn't support it, or the API doesn't connect in properly. You know, all these other problems layer up, and then you add a third app to your platform because now you've decided actually you need to be able to link in uh, social media of some sort. And you can't connect your messaging with your social media, with your uh, central system. And it's this staggered out effect that I think is is fundamental to, uh, is it, what's broken. It's the, it's the bit that you, if you don't understand that technology works when you design it to work together well, and when you don't design it to work together well and you try to plug things together, you are going to have really, many unforeseen issues and you're not going to get the full benefit of the technology.
0: Okay well, one of the things I know that you speak, speak about is about these the key metrics that technology can optimize for agency owners and shareholders. So, so what is that key metric you speak about?
1: Yeah I, I mean the metrics are important because of everything i said you know oh yeah so what who cares? Um, the metrics that everybody, uh, that I speak to in, in most agencies, they really care about is some called net fee income. Um, they may talk about it in slightly different ways, but primarily what that means is how much um, revenue you book for every pound you spend on wages of recruiters, right? And, uh, and and that net fee income number um, is is really important because it's a measure of productivity. And so if you are understanding and tracking your net fee income, you can directly relate changes in your technology and your processes to um, productivity impact in terms of that number. Uh, And this is one of the things that we like to focus on because technology has the potential to dramatically alter your workflow and to remove hours. and, And I mean, you know, 15 to 20 hours of work from a current recruiter's process right now. Uh, that's something that materially would impact that net fee income number.
0: Okay. Um, All right, well, I might come back to that because I think we might have a a couple more questions in the sidebar around that. I've got one in the sidebar now, which is from Stephen. Your platform appears to manage the entire recruitment process, which is obviously what you said. At what stage would you insert a recruiter to keep it on track? And are recruiters really necessary?
1: Yeah. this this is a, a common um, immediate sort of oh my god this is this is automation to replace the recruiter and and it's absolutely it's absolutely not uh, we believe very very strongly in the value of the human relationship but what we think is broken in the recruitment process and in, in how your technology is supporting you to deliver those relationships because you're spending so much time entering data. Um, you know, chasing follow-ups, trying to arrange an interview rather than actually prepare someone for an interview. Mm-hmm. For example, and this is where you, you know the the human is required. Take, let the technology do the transactional work and and carry the transactional load, and let the human bring the insight, the intuition, the ability to sell and convince and persuade, and let them do those things that they do well and the technology can't do for us.
0: Okay. On on that note. Okay. So the is working. <laughs> I pick up. Um, on that note I noticed on your site that you talk about augmented intelligence is that different from artificial intelligence?
1: Um, well I'll be controversial here Louise so artificial intelligence doesn't exist and augmented intelligence does. Um, so artificial intelligence is something that you write about in PowerPoints and um, uh, augmented intelligence and machine learning are things that actually happen in code. Um, and, 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 I, and I say that because, really, where, when people talk about artificial intelligence, they, they immediately equate that with like the Terminator or you know, uh, some other sci fi movie. Um, and really, when uh, vendors and, and tech companies talk about artificial intelligence, they're probably doing the market and the, the broader people they're talking to at a service. Because what we're usually talking about is a number of different machine processes that come together to support you in an intelligent way to deliver more activity or you know, more revenue or better insight from the information that you already have and to remove effort from what you're doing, right? Uh, and so the best way to describe that is actually augmented intelligence. We help you to make better decisions and to work smarter and
0: faster. Okay, and I think this question that Stephen's asked is a perfect follow-up to this, which is, is the platform continually learning from the choices made by recruiters and um, candidates selected, submitted, interviewed, and offered, and how is that data used to inform future decisions made by recruiters?
1: Uh, yes, it is. Um, that's critical. Um, there's, broadly speaking, there's two ways to implement machine learning. Um, that's unsupervised and supervised right and we use something we use supervised machine learning Uh, there's a number of good reasons for doing that Um, what we're doing is part of the platform is capturing all of the decisions in every point in the process uh, that a recruiter makes and we use those decisions and waiting from those decisions to inform our machine learning algorithms and we focus those on success so I can learn equally from you not succeeding, so not getting a placement, or not having a candidate that stays in uh, the in the role for the expected amount of time or doesn't deliver. Uh, you know, Yes, I can learn from all those things, great, but I can also learn from the positive things, so when someone is invited for an interview, when someone does make it through the next stage of the interview, when someone does get an offer. We, we want to collect all that information. Um, you, you might record some of these points in your current system, but right now, uh, there's no way of using that information. So effectively, even you, even though you may record some of these data points, you don't really use them. And What we do with and with machine learning in particular, is look at your historical data and look at what you're doing right now and bring the two together to deliver
0: powerful insight into who you should be talking to to have the most chance of success. Okay. So, I just asked a question, um, which is how uh, how do you know if the candidate delivers? I mean, in, in a corporate environment using this system, I guess you would know, but if you're a recruitment agency ha- and, and you displace someone, I guess you don't have necessarily that data going forward, do you?
1: We do, we can collect it. Uh, you remember that there is a, a broad access to information. We live in an information rich world and you don't have to just get information from database sources and LinkedIn and, and the other sort. You can actually ask people themselves. Um, one of the things we do as part of the platform is built-in part of it is an, an intelligent conversational interface. Some people call them chatbots. I don't really like that um phrase, but you know, it's understood. Um it's not just a little widget that pops up in the bottom right hand side of every screen you go to and every website you visit and it annoys the hell out of you. Um, they can be really clever and smart, and, uh, and and work on the tools that you use every day. So we can talk to people on SMS, Facebook Messenger, uh, WhatsApp, and all those sorts of places in a you know where they want to be spoken. We can even use the the uh, a chatbot if you like on email. So you know auto generating um, interactions, and that allows us to stay in touch with the candidate post placement. And understand how happy they are follow up on that and follow up on whether or not they are going to stay leave enjoying sort of being successful or not etc etc you know whatever the metrics are that you you need to follow up on um but the the point being you can capture that information and you can capture it
0: automatically no, i like that that's very clever um i've got one more question in the sidebar then I can go back to the questions i have myself which is um how does the system know to reject the actions of rogue recruiters who make poor decisions so the dodgy.
1: I don't want to, I don't want to reject <laughs> the, rea- the rogue recruiters who make poor decisions, because then I'm trying to build something that is taking over from the human. And that's not the point, okay. right? The point is to provide insights to the humans working on the platform so that they make better decisions. And what that rogue recruiters, I actually was asked this question just this morning. Um, it, every time someone makes a bad decision, it's a data point. We can use that to understand and learn how not to, how to avoid that person making that same poor decision in the future and, rec- and help improve the recommendations we make to them so that they have a better baseline from which to make a decision. And, you know, machine learning is about learning. This is the thing, you know, it's all in the name. Uh, it happens continuously and it takes time. So both of these things uh, come together, but you know, it, it's, it's great. I, every decision is important.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so you mentioned chatbots a minute ago, and I noticed on your site, you talk about an NLP chatbot. What's the NLP part of it for?
1: Natural language processing. Um, and there's some interesting fields around that. Um, some of the stuff we're working on next is natural language understanding, uh, and the two sort of go hand in hand, and you, might start to understand from the names immediately what that would mean. But natural language processing is the ability of a machine to break down our conversations, our, our you know, general chit chat like this, and turn it into machine understandable um, insights. So if I'm having a conversation with you where I ask you about what your current um, role is, and you tell me that I'm a mechanical engineer, um, I can extract that information from the a conversation and turn that into hard-coded data that I can put into a hard-coded field inside a database.
0: Okay, cool.
1: No, it's not neuro-linguistic programming. So that.
0: <laughs> That's what I thought it was at first. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, so another question I had was why develop and deliver an integrated platform when there are many capable complementary vectors out there?
1: Well, primarily because I don't believe they are capable and complementary. Uh, you know, the, that, those numbers, when we look at, for example, uh, in, in large recruitment agencies that report results to, um, to their shareholders right now, their NFI numbers haven't moved materially in 10 years. Right? Those are key productivity metrics. They're investing in technology, they're investing in all sorts of processes all the time, and they're not moving their numbers. Why? Because they're building these disjointed stacks. They don't talk to each other, they don't work. They don't have an underlying core um, intelligent application layer in the way that we have built a platform that does. And I think, you know, without trying to get too technical into how that all puts together, if you can't build something that has this layer of intelligence at the heart of it, and that can really help you to learn and understand and, and deliver analytics that are useful, for you to be able to take action on and drive you to take better actions, you're not going to win. You're not going to improve. And you can't remove workload. So the NLP bit's really interesting. Um, you know, Come back to that. How can you use NLP inside of a, a recruitment-focused piece of technology? Well, actually, you're collecting information from people in conversations, written, spoken, all the rest of it, all day long. But to be able to use that information, you have to manually, physically input that informa- information into your system. That's physical hours of admin time, and um, you know I have clients who ascribe cost to these times, and um, you know uh, one who ascribes a, a, a each um, recruiter hour is sixty dollars, right? So if you spend just one hour a day entering information, you've spent an hour. You spend sixty dollars, right, to collect that information. But we know that recruiters spend many hours entering this information, and worse, they're terrible at doing it. So they don't enter all the information. So when you want to come and make a decision uh, based on the information you've got, you don't have all the information. It's it's got gaps. It's you know inaccurate and and you know the rest of it. Using technology to capture information and turn that into entered fields means that you don't miss information. It's always all captured. And when you want to use then uh, machine learning and clever algorithms to search your database and to search your information, all of a sudden you have really good quality information from which to work and therefore your results are more relevant and more powerful.
0: Okay. I wonder whether some recruiters would um, initially see this as a you know, they've got their CRM they've been using for years. Um, you might see this as mm-hmm. thing which would sit alongside it, but it, 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 I guess it could be, but it really isn't, is it?
1: Well, look, we, we realise that in, in, in a lot of cases, telling someone that their core business system needs to be replaced is really scary, right? So, this, obviously, you have to manage how you would do that sort of transaction. And, and make that change. But to do that, yes, you have to be able to sit alongside and play nicely, but our ultimate aim is always to move people from a disjointed stack with loads of integrations like that, that don't really you know, deliver on anything and, uh, and certainly not on the promises of productivity, and move them to single integrated platforms that do deliver.
0: So that brings me to my next question, yeah. which is that I think that um, we, we do a tech event and one of the things, when we, a physical tech event, and when people come to it, one of the things they want to do is they want to grow their business. They want tech providers to help them to grow their business. And do you think seriously that's something you can help them to do?
1: Absolutely. Um, there's so many different ways to grow your business. And I think this is one of the things that is really exciting about technology: is that it, it can unlock new ways of growing your business. If you imagine that right now, you if you wanted to increase your total your net revenue, right, you have to acquire more clients and, uh, and and then be able to fill the vacancies those clients give you. And in most cases, you run out of capacity with your existing team, so you have to hire more recruiters. When you hire more recruiters, you don't linearly, uh, you know, the the increase in revenue doesn't track the total number of recruiters you have. So you start your agency, say it's got 10 recruiters and you're doing 10,000 a week from your 10 recruiters, you hire another 10, you don't do 20,000 a week, you do 15, what's going on, why? You you have to build management layers, you have time for people to get up to speed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The power this sort of technology brings is that, well, why hire 10 more recruiters that are going to perform at below par with your current recruiters. When you could uh, invest in some technology, increase the productivity between 20, 50, you know, you can, in, we have instances where we have double people's productivity. I wouldn't say that's, you know, going to happen for everyone. It depends on where you're at. I was a client who was using filing cabinets and text messages and digitize them. So, you know, of course it's, it's different. Um, but you know, the the reality is you can significantly improve your productivity. And then you learn from your existing recruiters and you bring new recruiters in who are leveling up immediately because they've got the access to the good insights that the machine learning platform can give them. And so instead of it taking them six months to start really delivering, they can start delivering in three or two. And that's, again, transformative. It means you change the equation on what your total um, growth metrics look like and how, how many how much risk do you have to take in hiring new people in order to deliver growth?
0: Cool. Um, so, I think you you started to answer this in a number of different ways, but I am interested in why some of your existing clients have chosen to work with you, have chosen even for their businesses. Are you able to give me a few examples of that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I, I had a really interesting conversation uh, earlier this week, actually, and. Uh, we were, we were sat in a room together and, uh, and we were talking about time sheeting as, you know, uh, you know, is this something that we, we want to get involved in this? The guys turned around and said, no, you know, the reason that we, we've we chosen to work with you guys and why we want Eva in the business and you know, why we're using it is the chatbot. Number one, primarily, you're giving us a way to talk to people at scale that we believe is the future of recruitment. You know, this is how we think that it's all going to happen in the next five years. That's the most important thing. If you're going to spend any time and energy thinking about it, just make that better. <laughs> do whatever you can to give us more channels to talk to people and make that, uh, make that reach better. Um, so that's one instance of why people were choosing. Um, the, another uh, conversation that I had with someone was to do, primarily back to that productivity metric. So, our very first client, um, actually, and the reason that the, the, the guy bought the platform and wanted to start working with us was the promise of productivity improvement. We delivered that for him in his business, but, you know, that was the fundamental thing. Can I make more money per seat right now? Yeah. Yeah, you can.
0: <coughs> okay. So, we're, we're coming to the, and oh, no, we've got a few more minutes left. It's fine. Um. Do you have any real direct competition in the market? It's a question I ask everybody who we do this show with. Is there somebody who you go head to head with?
1: Um, um, yeah, uh, pretty much everyone in in the way that we're trying to chew the elephant right um, in one in one go. Uh, the reality is that the competition. I uh, have you got, I don't know if uh, if anyone's ever read any. Um, sort of product development um, books, there's a really interesting theory about it called Jobs to be Done. And Jobs to be Done says you need to understand everything that your customers do to solve the problem they have right now. And, you know, realistically, there are recruiters out there today who are making, you know, great money operating off a LinkedIn recruiter license, a spreadsheet and a mobile phone. You know, that is as much uh, our competition and product competition as someone using... Know, a comparatively, um, you know, CRM and uh, an integrated product from the, the, you know, one of the biggest suppliers out there. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, ultimately, what we're always competing against is their ROI. How much are you spending, uh, not only investment in product, but investment of your own time that we can return to you alongside a better return in the product? And then if you can reframe the question that way, I think that, the measure is no, we don't have any competition.
0: Yeah, that's great I that. So if people are interested in finding out a bit more about what you do, can they, what would happen? Would you typically um, give people a demo? Is it something where, you know, sitting down with them and spending a you know, like half an hour online showing them, does that help understand the product better for people?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, we work in a really consultative manner. We don't just sell software. Um, one of the things that we haven't really spoken about today is that the underlying the backbone of the platform is a is actually a very powerful robotic process automation system. So not only are we able to bring learning, but we can bring true automation to your repeatable tasks. Right? Um, to deliver that into your business in really meaningful ways, though, requires some consulting time and understanding who you are, what you do. And and even to make a, a conversational interface work for you, you know, we need to understand how you talk to your marketplace, how they respond to you, and we'll tweak and work through to improve the messaging constantly inside of the box so that you know everything that you get from Eva is, although it's Eva as a you know out the box, if you like, it's very tailored for your business and it works for you in your niche. I like. So you know, a, a conversation is, you know, absolutely the only way to get started. Um, the best thing is probably to uh, click on our website. There's a, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a way to contact us there. Um, that's that's really straightforward because um, that gets passed to whoever's in the team who can talk to you. Um, if you want to contact me directly, that's fine as well. Um, I'm probably fastest on WhatsApp and slowest on email. Um, <laughs> i don't know if i should give my mobile number out <laughs> on something be broadcast over the web though but you can find my mobile number on linkedin it's on my linkedin okay. profile um and uh um then my email address max okay,
0: and i think that that consultative piece is um, one of the very positive things i've heard about you guys is that um you know yes you you can offer an end-to-end solution but everybody's end-to-end is different in terms of what they need Hmm. and i know that a lot of CRMs will say Hmm. that they can and they can tailor and they can um, work in the way your business needs to work but i do think genuinely that's a core principle behind your business isn't it
1: very much so and uh, you know so much so that in terms of our advisory board we brought in people from you know ex-parts of seriously large global consulting firms so we have uh, michael rendahl sits the chairman of our board uh he is a senior partner or well, ex-senior partner at pwc he ran the global hr um, function uh, not function the business there um you know consulting into hr functions um and it brings with a wealth of experience and knowledge which allows us to leverage that and, and a range of consultants available to us to deliver this you know, real business transformation and process consultation.
0: Well, I've had some really positive messages while I've been on this um, show with you. So um, people obviously watching this live on Facebook as well as here, um, we will um, make this into a blog post onto my site, and show on LinkedIn, and then it also becomes a podcast, which is on Spotify and iTunes, and people can get access to it there. So, if you want to get a hold of me afterwards, it's very easy for me to be found on LinkedIn um, as well as Max, and I've put all the links in the sidebar. So, thank you ever so much for joining me today, Max. Really interested in your product, and like I say, I've only heard really positive things about it. Um, so, hopefully, we'll be doing more with you in the future.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having Pleasure.
0: me, Louise. Um, and I'm back thursday with a completely different show with a completely different provider and um, talking about something else but thank you very much everybody and goodbye cheers if you want to hear more from uk recruiter and recruiter zone go to the blog section on our website UKRecruiter.co.uk.